0: To make things like this easier.
1: I'm reading.
0: And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together. Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. We're starting a brand new series of interviews of homeschooling journeys, but it's kind of an addendum to that of people who have finished their homeschooling, you know, their first year of homeschooling. And today we have a wonderful interview with Sarah Malloy. And we had just got off the phone with her. She's really, really awesome. I think everybody's going to love it. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we begin, if you could go down in the show notes, Sarah lists a ton of things that she uses. We'll have them all in the show notes, all the links, including her Instagram that we encourage you to follow. Um, She's going to be kind of you know broadcasting her life as a homeschool parent and I think you'll want to follow that you'll want to see what she's yeah, doing yeah
2: yeah we're we're following her I'm I'm excited to see where she goes this was a yeah. great interview I think it's it's fun we wanted to do this series because it's sometimes I feel like we mostly hear from veteran homeschoolers on interviews and things and we wanted to know you know your first year that can be it can be a bumpy road, right? I I know our first year was
0: a bumpy road. And there's a lot of people doing their first year this year. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who might be just starting their first year this year. And, you know, well, you know, with us, you know, with the first years being in the same year as a pandemic, I mean, you got a lot of pressures, a lot of complications, a lot of concerns, a lot of things that are different than that would normally have been. So we, we talk about a lot of those challenges a lot of those issues and also on top of it that she's a super mom she mm-hmm. she's got the 5 year old boy who you know sounds like he's a, just rippingly intelligent um but she's also got twins, two years old. So if, yeah. if you're sitting there at home going, huh, this map guy has been talking about his toddler and the, <laughs> <laughs> all these terrible things. Now this woman's got two of them.
2: Well, right. And I, I can't imagine having a four-year-old and twin two-year-olds. No, I mean, that's just, can't imagine. you know, I think that that's, you know, it's, it's a challenge. And I think she 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 talks about some great ways that she works with the challenge of mm-hmm. having toddlers and keeping them engaged while she's getting some homeschool work done with her, with her son. And so, uh, you know, we, we took some lessons from that, uh, that mm-hmm. we'll use mm-hmm. around, around our house. So I hope this is helpful to everybody to hear the story from someone's first year. If you're going through your first year as well, uh, you can kind of hear, some of the struggles and things that have happened and some of the ways that she's overcome those. And I think it's just, it's really
0: great. Yeah. And, and how she, I think she, my biggest takeaway from her is the routine, understanding, you know, what you're doing, how you're attacking the day and how you adapt when things change. She talks Mm -hmm. a lot about being an eclectic homeschooler and she'll go into great detail about what that is and, and what that means to her and how she incorporates that into her homeschool life. But being able to, you know, deal with the day, manage the week and, uh, to, to good success. And I think Mm -hmm. that was the thing that I think I'll take away the most is that, you know, how she manages her day. You know, it's a very full day. I think at the end of this, you know, end of this podcast, you'll be really impressed at at all the things she does in a day.
2: Uh, yeah, we were impressed. We do not do that many things in a day.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's pretty impressive. And and the commitment that she has, I, I think is, um, just amazing to listen to. And I think it's very inspiring. It makes me want to go out, you know, tomorrow. And, and get a morning basket. And, and, and <laughs> it makes me want to like, yeah, get my morning basket, fall flat on my face, and then have to recover. Um, but that's
2: what it's all about. It's all about the learning.
0: It is. And I think I think that's the key thing is we're all learning right, right along with our kids. We're learning how to manage kids. You know, a lot of us are not educators. Unfortunately, uh, Sarah is an educator. She yeah. was a, she was an educator for 10 years. She'll go into a little bit about that in her background and why she chose to homeschool. Um, I think we all see very similarities with with her decisions and, and the the choices that she made. Um, the fact that she is educated in doing that, you know, I always love to learn um, from people who know what they're doing, and ha- you know, have experience in doing the things that you want to do. Uh, not that you want to ape or you know monkey see monkey do type of thing what they're doing or copy it, um, but you want to learn from that, incorporate and you know grok what they're doing. And see how that can, you know, be folded over what you do and what what your experience is and what yeah. works best for you. So I love to listen to people who know what they're doing. And I think she does. And I think this is going to be a great podcast. So let's hop hop right into it.
2: Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, well, we're really happy to have you on the show. This is the first in a series we're going to do. Series, uh, yeah, series on uh, first year uh, homeschooler. So we're super excited. We are also a well, we're like a year and a half homeschooler. So
0: I mean, no, no, we're um, no. We talked about the other day. I'm two years. We're now two years. I'm okay, two years, we don't qualify
2: yes. anymore. It's like we're no longer newlyweds. No, no,
0: no. We're established couple now. <laughs>
2: So Sarah, it would be great if you could give us like a little bit of background about your family and then what drove your decision to homeschool.
1: Sure. Uh, My husband and I have a four and a half year old son and two year old twins. Um, I was a teacher for 13 years, most recently teaching third grade at a private school. Um, I did that for 10 years. And I started to think about homeschooling when I went back to work after my maternity leave with my first son. And at that point, we had a long time till we had to make any decisions. But I broached the idea with my husband, and he was on board for considering it. So then, about two years later, I got pregnant with the twins. And at that point, we decided that I would stay home with them. And that's when homeschooling became more of a reality for us. This year, we did plan to send Preston to a three morning a week pre K, mostly just for the socialization aspect. But mm-hmm. due to COVID, we couldn't send him, and so we kind of got started a little earlier than we had planned.
0: That, you know, that, that's really interesting that you were a private school teacher. Did you have any? Um, and you said you were kind of looking to do homeschooling. It, is there a reason why? Like you, you're in the private school experience you you're teaching you know is there a reason why you wanted to do homeschooling
1: well um we considered that I could go back to work and they would attend the school that I taught at but with all three of them going there that would mean that most if not all of my salary would end up going towards their tuition so (laughs) the way that I looked at it was I could sort of you know enter the rat race and get three kids out the door by seven every morning and work (laughs) full-time teaching other people's kids while other people taught mine and come home exhausted and still have to help with homework and all of that. Um, And the other side of that was if we homeschooled, we could just embrace the flexibility and the slower lifestyle that that would allow us and have the opportunity to spend those years. I could spend those years with my kids um, and for my kids to spend those years together. And Mm -hmm. as a bonus, I'd still be teaching, which I love, um, but I could really tailor my kids' education to fit their interests and needs. So when we thought about like that, it was kind of a no brainer.
2: That's really interesting. What, what if any um, preconceptions did you have about homeschooling? I know that there's a lot, it seems very, very foreign and especially folks who are, who are in education and used to teaching in a formal institution. What, what were your thoughts about it? it? Has it, has it been what you, what you thought it would be?
1: Well, I did follow a lot of Instagram accounts and I have a few friends who homeschool so I was pretty well warned that you know homeschooling doesn't look like a classroom and don't expect that um, because you were a teacher at school things are going to translate to homeschool and definitely with my kids being this young right now they haven't but I and I I wasn't expecting them to but I think that's sort of the main thing that people kind of warned me about or just sort of, you know, made sure that I was aware of, um, before we started, I think beyond that, I haven't really come on, come upon any surprises. Everything's pretty much going the way that I had an idea that it would.
0: Okay. And, and do do you think that confidence you have comes from the fact that you used to be a teacher or is that just the fact that you are approaching it in a certain manner? that is giving you the confidence?
1: I think having taught definitely gives me some confidence. I know about curriculums. I know just basic teaching strategies and things to do. So that that definitely helped my confidence in that way. I, I know that I can teach kids. So <laughs> um, <laughs> that that made me feel better about it, I think.
0: Yeah. I I know that was kind of my, my fear. You know, I spent a a long time in kind of the corporate world and I did a lot of, you know, lectures and meetings and everything like that. So I felt like I was decent at presenting information, but that was to adults. And so (laughs) very often they can be a little more difficult than kids, but um, that's really interesting. Were you teaching a certain grade or did you have a certain specialty at the private school?
1: So I taught third grade homeroom for 10 years.
0: Okay. And, and before what,
1: that, I was a lower school assistant. So I taught sort of different things in all the grades as I was needed. But um, okay. my main experience is homeroom third grade.
0: Okay. okay. And so this year, so you, you talked about you were going to send uh, your oldest to kind of a preschool. Are you still intending to do that um, going forward once COVID kind of relaxes?
1: No, next year he would be in kindergarten. Um, and it was always my intention to to bring him home. We did just sign up for a co-op. Um, so on Fridays next year, we'll go for three hours with, I believe it's about 20 families.
0: Oh, wow. So is that a, a private co-op or is that like a parent partnership?
1: It's a private co-op. So, um, in my state in Maryland, we don't have any type of like charter schools or parent partnerships or anything like that. You're either in the public schools in a private or parochial school, or you're a homeschooler. And if you're a homeschooler, you're on your own.
0: Okay. Um. Are there certain regulations in Maryland that are, like, we, we've we talked a little bit about what Washington's like, and I think we've touched on a few other states. Uh, maybe you can, have you done some diving into what the regulations are for? Yes.
1: So there are two options. Um, the first option is that you can review with your county. And I believe it's twice a year you have a portfolio review, and you are required to provide instruction in eight subject areas. So reading, math, language arts, art, music, health, PE. I no, I'm missing some, but um, mm-hmm. you then basically put together a portfolio saying, this is what I'm doing with a few work samples for each of those subjects. If you don't want to review with the county, you can also enroll in an umbrella program, which is kind of more like a private oversight. A lot of them are through a church and mm-hmm. then you will get reviewed with them.
0: And, and when you say through a church, is that a church that has some type of school attached to it or is that?
1: Not necessarily. And there are also umbrellas, a church, there are some secular umbrellas, but I think if I'm correct, that the main, that the umbrellas started through churches.
0: Okay. As an alternative for, for the homeschooling for the Okay.
1: As an alternative to being reviewed through the county.
0: Oh, that's interesting, okay. That's hmm. that's very interesting. Um, so when you started this year, you were hoping to do this preschool. Were you also eyeballing a curriculum as well? And was that your plan, or did you have to then pivot during Covid to something like what you're doing now?
1: Yes, so I was planning on doing a phonics program with him. We started that over the summer, and he was doing really well with it. So we were planning to continue that. Um, and I thought maybe which I would which, do
0: some which one math. did you which one did you use?
1: Well, <laughs> So we are eclectic homeschoolers. And so I do follow curriculums, but I don't always just pick one curriculum and go with it. I definitely like to pull things from other sources. Um, So Mm -hmm. we started Logic of English and that was going great. He was learning his phonograms. And then when that kind of went to the next level of working on blends. I thought he still needed some more practice with his phonograms before we moved into blends. And so I also had All About Reading because I was sort of deciding which of those two we were going to use. And so I went back and did the phonogram lessons with All About Reading to sort of just practice the skills we had already done. And that worked really well. And it just kind of gave him time to catch up and have plenty of practice reading all of those words. Logic of English doesn't have as much word practice, Mm -hmm. word reading practice. There's a lot of phonogram practice and a lot of games, but not as much practice reading the words, especially early on. So we did the all about reading lessons. And then once the all about reading lessons came up to blends, we paused, we went back to logic of English, did the blends with logic of English, and then went back to all about reading to sort of practice them. And that's been going really, really well for us to sort of, I start with logic of English. That's our base. That's the scope and sequence that I'm using. That's the terminology that I'm using. But then I am pulling in the all about reading lessons just for that extra practice to firm up um, his knowledge and just to give him some extra time because he's so young. He wants to do a lesson like every day, sometimes (laughs) even on the weekends. And so like we were just kind of getting through them too quickly and he wasn't having time to mature and and soak it all in and really learn it. So yeah, we're kind of doing two reading programs.
0: <laughs> no, that, <laughs> Which that's really, I, yeah. I want
1: to say that's like not something that people have to do. I know you have <laughs> a lot of overachiever people here. Um that is not like I don't know, I don't think I know of anyone else who is doing something like that, but it's just kind of working for us. So we'll we'll see how long we keep doing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to key in on the eclectic homeschooling because I I like to pull in different things as well, like kind of what you're saying, but not. I don't do the um the hopping between the curriculums like you 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 just articulated. But you know, what does that what, what does that mean to you to be an eclectic homeschooler, and how does that you know impact your day to day when you or week to week?
1: So I pull from a lot of different things. I'm definitely a big believer in making the curriculum work for me and not working for my curriculum. So uh, if something's not working for us, then I'll change it or supplement or do what I need to do to make it fit our goals for my family. Um, I want my children to love learning, especially at this young age. It should be pretty much all fun and enjoyable Mm -hmm. for them. I want them to be curious. I want them to ask questions. And I'm also using this time while they're so young to just expose them to a lot of different things, to see what their natural learning style is. I want to know what kind of activities are going to hold his interest, what things might be difficult for him, and things like that. So I sort of have looked through things. I've tried, I've tried to find what I think will work, but I'm not attached to it. And I if I see something that I think would go well for it, I'll figure out a way to work it in. So for, for math, I use Singapore dimensions and we're, that's something that I don't really supplement with at all. I think it's a really good program. It's working well for him and it builds on itself. So I need to sort of stick with it now so that when he is older and in the more advanced lessons, he has the base that they want him to have. So. Um, that is pretty much just one thing. I'm looking into doing maybe some wild math or something like that this summer that we can do outside, but we pretty much do Singapore math. But then besides the math and the language arts, I don't really have a curriculum for the rest of our day. We do have a little science curriculum called Summer's Lab, which has some units, um, It has eight units within like four week um, sessions within each unit. So there's An animals unit and then it's like one week is amphibians one week is birds um there's right now we're on chemistry so we did one week on atoms we did one week on melting and freezing this week's on mixtures and solids and it's literally just like a little reading and coloring thing for him and some arts and craftsy kind of projects that go along with it there's always a snack or some kind of cooking thing that goes along with it and then some supplemental books. But that's something where I will bring in tons of other things. So when we did our space unit, I found just a bunch of printables and some really great, like flashcards and three part cards and things like that, that I would bring into the base curriculum that I have. But the rest of our day is really things that I just sort of bring together that I think he would like and that I want to expose him to. Um, We call it our breakfast basket. It's kind of like our morning time and we start it at breakfast, Um, but it kind of just sort of goes throughout our morning as long as they're interested. So sometimes that's 10 minutes and sometimes it might be an hour and a half.
2: Um, how do you keep the two-year-olds' yeah, so, interest in well, that?
0: Hold on, we we were gonna get there. We're gonna get to your super mom status. Well, you, <laughs> let's keep the, Let's keep the badge aside, real real quick. We'll, we'll let everybody know where we're going on that one. A little little teaser. We have a twenty-month-old. I, so. I, I, I did. I did want to jump back. Like I, I was just keen in on something you were saying a little earlier about how you you observe your oldest when you're when you, they're learning in order to keep it, you know, loose and fun and enjoyable. You know, for a lot of early homeschoolers, especially people who are just getting into it, there's a lot of fear that you're going to lose control. Or we just put out a podcast about the, you know, teaching through the tears. Um, what are the little things that you do to to watch your oldest when they're when you're doing the education and ensuring that what you're doing is keeping their attention? How do you how do you make sure that what you're doing when you're because you are doing this eclectic thing? What do you look for, and how do you respond when you think things are? You know, starting to go a little south.
1: So, I guess the first thing I think about is why are they going south? Is it because he's not interested in what I'm asking him to do? Is it because he's thinks that it might be too hard? Is it that um, he's just tired and finished with doing school at that point
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the day? Um, is it because he's thinking about something else? And so usually I can just, just because he's my son and I know him, you know, mm-hmm. I can usually kind of tease some of that out. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'll ask him like, do you not want to sit and read this book because you are no longer interested in life cycles? That's something that he was super interested in after we raised some caterpillars last year um mm-hmm. into butterflies into monarchs and release them he wants to know all about the life cycles and of everything so there's actually a book a dk book called life cycles that we got and we've been reading a page of that a few times a week and so if for some reason one day he doesn't want to sit there and look at it when it's been something he was really interested in i'll ask him you know are you ready to move on from this do we do we want to just put this book aside for a while? Or is it just that today, right now, this is not going to happen? He'll usually tell me, you know, no, I, I do like this. I just, maybe I don't want to read this particular life cycle today. Or maybe I just, this is not the time for me. Or sometimes he'll say, yeah, I don't want to do that. So another thing that we were doing is reading through a book of instruments in the orchestra. And we were talking about each instrument, looking at the pictures and The book gives a link to listen to some musical pieces that feature that instrument. And at first he was into it, but after a few of them, like that was just, he was over it. And so when I asked him about that, he was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this book anymore.
0: Do you find maybe a two part question or two, two directions? Um, Is it very stressful to you as a, as a stay at home? I mean, as a, a homeschooling mother, Doing this kind of eclectic thing um, to keep it fresh, to find the new things. I mean, you you know, you may find some issue tomorrow and you've got to come up with something new the next day. Right. (laughs) And so is there a lot of pressure on you? Do you feel that pressure?
1: So I'm a planner and I'm super structured. Thanks, Ariel, for your uh, Trello videos. Eric, They've been really helpful because I, 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 I was using Planners Unite. I, I, see
0: the, I see the goosebumps on Ariel's forearms. <laughs> listen, you know, listen. I, I
1: definitely totally changed the way that I was using Trello after I watched Aww.
0: them. I I'm so glad it was helpful. So, oh, yes, that
2: cool. was
1: super helpful. Um, but so no, what I do is I have an idea of how our week mm-hmm. is going to go. And I have an idea of all of the things that I want to do. And that's like my plan A, which I don't know if I don't think we've had a week where my plan A has actually happened, you know, the way it is drawn out. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's also plan B and plan C. And I typically sort of over plan, like I have some activities that I'm like, we're definitely going to do these. I know these are going to be sort of the core of our week. So here's this art project that goes with what we're talking about in science. He's for sure going to be into that. I might not know what's going to happen on Tuesday at 11 o'clock, but I know that's going to happen in our week. And I know that we're going to read from this poetry book most mornings, and if we don't get to it one day, we don't get to it one day. But um, so I def- I'll i have like my plan A and then sort of my pared down plan B and plan C. So if anything, I just have too many resources already. So if he's mm. not into one, there's just plenty of things waiting in the wings to kind of bring out. <laughs>
0: No, that's that's totally understandable. Okay. So let's, we're going to get into the big thing. So you're going to be the super mom of the day. Um, I have one 20 month old and you you have two. So talk about a little bit about how you manage twins with your homeschooling or. What does your day look so like?
1: So that is super... <laughs> educate,
0: educate us.
1: Yes. So I, our day... Well, I'm lucky because my kids all sleep in. So they'll all sleep in until 7.30 or 8 in the morning, which is nice. Okay. So we don't have super early mornings.
0: Interview's over. <laughs> I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> no, our go kids ahead. sleep in a little bit. A little bit. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I apologize. Um, so
1: that's great. We can sort of have a slow morning. They'll get up. I'll usually go down and make breakfast and my husband will get them dressed and -hmm. send them down. And that way I'm like ready to go once they come down and they'll sit at the table and I will just grab our breakfast basket out and start reading books. So we'll do some picture books from maybe something that goes along with the science that we're studying. We'll do seasonal books. I love the read aloud revival book lists. She has been a Mm -hmm. seasonal book list, like a monthly book list with Mm -hmm. books. So I usually just put those on hold at the library as early as I can. And we'll go through those. We will read from a poetry book. We'll read, like I said, that life cycles book he's really into right now. So we just, I just start pulling books and start reading while they're eating and At some point, their dad will come down and get ready to leave. So that's sort of like a pause and they'll finish up breakfast and we'll move into the family room. And at that point is when it can start getting tricky with the toddlers. They're the books. Then sometimes when we move down there, they're finished listening to books. So I have some toys out and I'll have like maybe a sensory tray out on a mat in the middle of the room with not like rice or something but it's something that's a little yeah. easier to clean up but that they're interested in magnetiles they like. Mm-hmm. Um so I just try to have something there that can occupy them while we're doing this and also Preston because he's he'll listen to the books during breakfast and then he might want to snuggle up on the couch and keep looking at the pictures or he might want to build with his Legos or magnet tiles or something while I'm reading. Or maybe we're just finished reading for the day at that point. I just, that's sort of, I have to take it from them because if they're not into it, then I I would just be sitting on the couch reading to myself while they're destroying my house. <laughs> so we, we just sort of see how it goes at that point. But I do have the next part of the breakfast basket is when I have Preston Fill out like a little calendar. He'll trace the whatever day it is. We do like a little mini warm up math and reading page. I just have sort of some little stuff like that some critical thinking books from the critical thinking company that have like mazes or problem solving type things. And they're all super short activities, little puzzle type activities. And so I just will then sort of start pulling as many of those as I can for him. Um, and it's the same thing. We'll kind of go through that. And sometimes the toddlers, the twins will be interested in what we're doing. It's gotten much better. I would say right around coming upon two, it got Mm -hmm. much easier because they would take interest in the books. And then maybe I could give them some paper and crayons and they think they're doing what, what he's doing. And Um, again, all of these, like every activity on its own is like two minutes to five minutes, maybe even less. Like there, I do these just super short things yeah. and kind of, we just do as many as we can, as many as it, it's going to work for. And some days it's it's a lot and some days it's hardly any at all.
0: And that, inc- um, and that includes your reading and your math curriculum.
1: So no, well. this is okay. just our breakfast basket. So this is just sort of the stuff that I've pulled in That I'm trying to cater to his interest, uh, get him used to sitting and listening to me reading, calendar work, sort of circle time kind of stuff. We do Mm -hmm. some memory work. I'll ask him to tell me the months of the year, the days of the week. What's mama's phone number? um, Those kind of things. Math and the reading we do during the baby's nap. There's just no
0: other way around. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with you. (laughs) There's literally no other way I could do it. I mean, I try actually. Like for example, today I did a read- I did a full-on all about reading reading lesson with the the toddler in the room, and I was able to do it because she was distracted. But if they're not distracted, I can't do it. You just- were lucky, Booza. Well, yeah, the five-year-old. You were lucky. <laughs> like I, I don't know about your son, but it, it, do they? Th- can you see that they get distracted when the kids are like torn? Oh yes, know,
1: for sure. And the, the toddlers want to yeah. be in it. So like, if he's doing a workbook. A lot of times, like if he's trying to do a page of math, they're not always content to just draw next to him. They want to draw on his workbook. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely.
2: Like, oh, yeah. Or on him. It,
0: or on him.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, if it's just a little <laughs> short warm-up thing, he doesn't mind and it's not a big deal. And his sister will draw on the back of the the other page that he's mm-hmm. not drawing on and it's fine. But if we're really trying to sit there and do a math lesson, there, there's just no way. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I will so after we finish our breakfast basket I mean that could be any time from like 9:30 45, or maybe some days we we can get all the way up to 10:30 but whatever time it is at that point we'll try to get outside most days um unless it's pouring down rain or freezing freezing cold we at least go out for a little bit and then we'll come in and do like art like a project that the, the twins can do too or at least like semi do along with, along with my older, we might do a cooking project. If it's something that I can get them involved in They're they really like that. And so they're pretty good about, you know, behaving and following directions and not making a complete mess of the kitchen. Um, so that's got, that's something that's gotten better these last few months. We were not able to do any of that kind of stuff um, before they turned two for sure. I mean, that's pretty much our morning is, yeah, it it's definitely getting much easier as they're able to do more and participate more in our day. So they might not be doing the exact same thing that he's doing, but they can use the same sort of materials to do their own thing. And so that's pretty much our morning is breakfast basket outside and art cooking. It may be a science, like I could maybe do a science reading Because they're just super short, and there's a coloring page that goes with it. And Mm -hmm. I've even photocopied the exact same coloring page that Preston's doing for the twins, um, just so they think they're doing the exact same thing. And then we do lunch, and if we didn't get to a craft or something before lunch, we'll do it after lunch. And then the the twins go to bed, and that's Mm -hmm. when we do our math. Um, So he knows he'll play on his own, and I'll say when I come back down, I'm going to clean up lunch, and then we're doing math, and he's. Pretty much, I mean, 99% of the time he's fine with that and he's ready to go and and get started on that at that point. And he'll do his math and then go for a rest. He goes up to his room. He doesn't nap anymore. He hasn't napped in a while, but um, he knows that that's his time to stay in his room. And that's sort of my time to get a breather for the first time all day. (laughs) Quiet quiet time
2: is like essential. Yeah, I really do. Even though ours doesn't nap either, we still do quiet time. And I think it's really healthy for them.
0: Yeah, I really do. I I agree. Um, Yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh, it, I was just going to say, it definitely is healthy for him to have just some time alone. He has a big train track set in his room and he'll mm-hmm. usually just build a giant train for an hour. And that's
0: great. For 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 you, that's pretty much the end of the day for the homeschooling is well, basically at that No. Point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay.
1: So um, after his rest time, he'll come down and that's when we do reading. I found it doesn't mm-hmm. really work well to do reading and math altogether. It's just sort of. he he's not ready to sit for 45 minutes to an hour. So it's usually, you know, 15 or 20 minutes of math, then rest time. And then we do the reading after that on Mm -hmm. the back end of the baby's nap. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that's pretty much it. Then it's, you know, I, then I try to do something with the babies that's just for them. So Mm -hmm. uh, an alphabet puzzle or a bigger sort of sensory bin thing or some sort of matching thing when they get up from their naps. And then it's dinner and bath and all of that. And then when the babies go to bed, he has somehow conned me into doing another language arts lesson. (laughs) I think he's trying to delay bedtime, Um, but we found that he actually is like calm and able to concentrate. So we're secular homeschoolers, but I pulled in the good and the beautiful kindergarten language arts just because the lessons are super short and they're pretty engaging for him. Mm -hmm. And it's just something we can do, like sitting on my bed. And he was asking to do school then, and I was going to take advantage of it. So (laughs) we've been doing that and it's been working well. And that's also when he'll read aloud to me uh, in the all about reading. There's usually two stories and a lesson to read. So we'll read one in the afternoon and then we'll, we'll read the other one at night. If it's one of the days that we're doing all about reading and it has one of those stories or we have some other readers that he likes. So he'll read to me and then I'll read a chapter book aloud to him. And so that's sort of the tail end. The babies go to bed around eight and I'll do that with him from like eight to eight thirty, eight to 8.45 and then he goes to bed. So he does have a little nighttime school.
2: Well, yeah, we read to ours as well. Every evening, Willie there, she and I either play a game together or we will just read, read, read. We're usually reading like two chapter books and some sort of nonfiction book at the same time um, because they just she just can't get enough of the books which mm-hmm. is yeah
1: that's so great we I love Shucks. games too and again like the games with the babies is just a giant mess so yeah that, you know <laughs> a- have to lock those away yeah. for nap time or after they go to bed too
0: you know the funny thing is ariel and i were just talking about this we were like well we do so much game schooling and game school game reviews on the podcast and stuff and it's we there's there's like a large portion of the day where we cannot bring any of those out <laughs> because mm-hmm. of the young i one. know
1: it's hard and he it always is. asks and he says mama can we play this game can we just try like it's okay if the baby's messed up and we try and then it always ends up being a frustrating time so um <laughs> yeah. we just still need a little more time before
2: we yeah our our youngest will will try to play like my first orchard we've been able to get a couple of their really early games she's maybe a few months away from being able to do that cuz they're just big wooden fruit pieces so yeah it's not really she's it's kind of on her going to be on her level um as she gets a little bit older but it's super frustrating our our daughter says the same like can we just can we just try and it's like it's not worth it it's just not worth it
1: <laughs> yeah what i want to try soon i think is i think it's called uno barn or something like that yeah, uno like move
2: uno move yeah
1: <laughs> i want to yep. try that with with the twins and maybe in like 3 or 4 months they'll be ready for it.
2: Yeah, we did a review on it a couple weeks back. If so, if you listen listen back a couple episodes, it's really great because it's it's a really terrific first game because it's just these little round, you know, round animals and the barn type thing. And we found our toddler plays with it endlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not the game, yeah. but just to play just with the, the pieces. pieces. Mm-hmm. So they they have held up pretty well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so maybe talk a little bit about, you know, this past year you went from having one-year-olds to having two-year-olds with your, with your son. Um, obviously that's a challenge. Uh, were there any other challenges and, and issues that you were, you know, had to overcome this year? So yes,
1: the twins besides, were definitely... besides, a, glo- besides
0: a global pandemic.
1: <laughs> well, so I would say <laughs> the twins were challenge number one. And then covid was challenge number two just that you know we couldn't do the programs at our library Mm -hmm. we couldn't do we have a few nature centers around us that do these really great kindergarten preschool programs um field trips all of that you know we we could do none of it so um that was really too bad and that makes me look forward to homeschooling to to be able to do all of those things that are part of what makes homeschooling so great the other challenge was really just not getting to see their friends that that was really hard and you know Preston was almost four when the pandemic started so he was just starting to really like want to play with other kids and actually play with them and not just play alongside them
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but we did I'm in a mom's group here a local mom's group and I got together with two of the other moms that are in the group and we sort of decided okay, we won't be inside with anybody else. Two of our husbands work outside the home. That's a risk that we're going to be okay with. And we've been getting together twice a week.
0: That's um, good. You, had, you formed a little um, pod. At each other's, other's houses.
1: Yeah. Yes. And that's been really great. Um, so two mornings-ish a week, we'll go somewhere around 10 at, or some, they'll come here.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: And that's, that's sort of the the only way that that we found to to get over that that friendship um, hurdle,
0: but you know, it's yeah, been the, good. Yeah, that's a huge challenge. We we've been blessed to have our we had a preschool that had really good you know security. I mean protocols and everything. So she's been able to do the the preschool for the for majority of this year yeah so far. a couple of times a week a couple of times a week and then we have she has a friend on the street that's you know we're all kind of in a pod type of thing and she's been able to have that's some out- so nice. uh, yeah it's it, it, i i can't imagine and i really feel a lot of a lot of empathy towards anyone who's had you know the complete lockdown We've, we actually know a couple of families that are just under complete lockdown and they have like a little kid and stuff and it's really you know i i I hope they can get out soon because it's, yeah. I can't imagine my five-year-old not seeing another kid. I mean, it's, yeah. she's been blessed to have another kid in the house. I mean, that's been the only blessing uh, for her, but being able to interact with other kids her age has been, I think, so, so, so beneficial for her. I for think,
2: sure. you know, it's a real, it's a real challenge for kids right now. And one of the things that, you know, for so many families um, who, even the ones that, that are enjoying their first year of homeschool, as it sounds like you have, Mm -hmm. um, is it still kind of is isolation schooling, which isn't, you know, part of the reason why a lot of us, and I'm sure, you know, you're in this camp too, um, you know, got into this was for all the great opportunities and things we could give our kids to do things they wouldn't get to maybe do in the classroom. And we can't do any of those things.
1: (laughs) Right. That's been really, yeah, it's been really tricky. I will say on the other end of that spectrum though, it's, been nice to get my feet wet in it hmm. without having a million distractions because mm. I feel like then at least you know we sort of do have a schedule and we are doing school and it's sort of gotten us into a rhythm that I feel like we'll be able to continue even when we're adding these other things in
0: it's true we well, can
2: tend to over ourselves
0: yeah. <laughs> and also also the also the bonding I, I you know we Aaron and I've talked to this a couple times with our two girls they've had a lot of time together and they've had a lot of time with us so there's been kind of that like silver lining where we've been we've had a lot of family time and i think that's made us stronger and everything can i ask you a question about you have the twins you're homeschooling are you looking forward into the future in the next year or so thinking about what you're going to be doing for the twins are you going to start something when they're three i mean what, what what are you eyeballing for your youngest
1: So I'm not a hundred percent sure next year we are going to be doing a co-op. So the twins will also be involved in that. They have like a zero to four year old room. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not exactly sure what goes on in there, but I'm sure they're doing, you know, songs and letters and, um, just little preschool type of things. Mm -hmm. And after that, I'm guessing that they're going to kind of hang along for the ride with us for what we're doing um, Mm -hmm. for most things. Uh, I think you guys are getting ready to do uh, build your library torchlight kindergarten uh, combination.
2: Yeah, we're gonna do that, (laughs) and then we're gonna do uh, blossom and root early years volume one for our youngest.
1: Uh So So that can start kind of two three. I'm looking to do that same kindergarten combo, um, pro- not in September. I don't. He's not going to be ready then. He'll be just five and I want to give him a little longer, but sometime next year we'll sort of start that. And so I anticipate that the babies will be interested in parts of that. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of, you know, see what else I want to add into that and what I have time to add into that um, for them and what they need. So definitely uh, Blossom and Root earlier is one. I did that a little bit with Preston um, just earlier on. That was just sort of a guide for our days when he was a toddler to give me some ideas. We didn't really go through it um, fully or um, in any type of order, but I just would sort of look through for, okay, like let's talk about this artist and maybe do this, this art project. Uh, So I, I have that and I might bring that back out for them. And she just did an update. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't looked at it.
2: Yeah. Um, So she's got some new book selections and things, which are good. And yeah, Torchlight Pre-K is really good. We did that um, with our daughter before we're finishing up. We're like in our last like three weeks right now, Blossom and Root uh, volume two early years. uh Um, But we did do Torchlight Pre-K and that was really good. Um, You know, if you're, if you're looking for something, for your son, between um, what you're doing now and getting into Torchlight K, Pre K is a great ramp up because it sells a ton of books. Ton of books. Lots, still lots going on. Not nearly as much as Torchlight K, though. I'm in the middle of planning. Yeah, it, and that's that's got a significant amount more. So I'm going to be reading a yeah, lot. Yeah, we've actually
1: <laughs> done some of the book lists for the Torchlight Pre K, and we love it. Okay. And I've pulled yeah. some of their spines into our uh, into our breakfast basket. So. Yeah, their um, spines,
0: their spines are really good. The the breathe like a bear. The the animals one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those spines yeah, are really good. good. The, ca- so, the cards are really good. The card too. the emotion cards. Yeah, the uh, oh we have the, cards. the
1: feelings cards.
0: Yes. Yeah,
2: they're so yeah. good. We we didn't. Yeah, I kind of thought good. it was cheesy when I when I got it as if, you know the night before we'd done it, and I was like. Okay, how does rabbit feel? Ooh, okay, you know what I mean. I kind of thought I was a little lame. No, she, um, she she lashed
0: right onto it. Gosh, yeah, yeah.
2: it was totally. Yeah, he likes I was, most
1: of them. Sometimes I'll ask, and i will look at me like, "Well, I don't know," and like,
2: "How should I do <laughs> um, Some of them are a little bit tricky, and I think maybe that's kind of, I guess, part of the part, of, part the of the point, point that yeah. they're making. Yeah. I think that it's much better suited um, with our with our older. We did it um, when she was kind of going from that three and a half to four and a half type stage and uh, i really think it's really better for the four five stage yeah because it's got a lot going on um Mm. not that she
1: didn't enjoy it for them to articulate all all of that yeah.
0: like I think, I think, I think if we, when we do it again with, with our youngest, I think we're going to swap the Blossom and root for at the time we're going to do blossoming root first and then we'll do the torchlight. Pre-camp.
2: Yeah. I feel like it's a better ramp. Uh-huh. We're going to do like Cause that's what,
0: that's what I dove into homeschooling wise. I dove right into that for week one. It was just like, Holy cow. What am I doing? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, a lot. it's a little bit of a jump off the diving board there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm going to just kind of have to see where it goes um, with them. And, and, you know, what, what do I think they're ready for? And they need how much are they able to follow along with what we're doing? How much do they need their own thing? Mm-hmm. And kind of take it from there.
0: Um, So, you know, we're, we're 40 minutes in, I I wanted to ask you a little question about the co-op that you're joined. And, and what, you know, you said it was about three hours once a week, what, what are they going to do in there? How long does it go? What What is it going to look like maybe help? help someone who hasn't done a co-op? yet.
1: So, well, I've never done a co-op either and (laughs) because of COVID. I wasn't able to like tour or anything like that. So all I know is just from a few phone conversations that I've had with, with the people that put it together. But from my understanding, um, it is about 20 families. And I think it was started by three public school teachers who were turned homeschoolers. I think it's about three years old. So it's, you know, fairly established. They've been through it a few times. Um, and it's once a week for three hours. And during that time, the kids are broken up into age groups. So there's like four and under, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, 11. You know, there's like little pods sort of. So it's not just one grade, but it might be two grades or maybe three in a group. Um, and they have three classes during their their day. They're three 50-minute. Segments, um, which are all taught by the parents. So you must teach one class. Um, that's sort of the agreement that you make when you join. Um, oh, and the, so the classes, though, they're only five weeks long each. So they're kind of like mini units, and there's five sort of semesters um, during the year. And so you must teach one five week long class, or you can teach five, and then your fee to join the co op is greatly reduced. So I'm going to teach five classes. It may be in my son's room. It may be in another room. Most of my resources that I have from teaching are for older kids. So I'll probably pull some of those and do that. But so it's basically it is classes, but it's not going to be like we're going to sit in here and do this curriculum all together. Uh, The lady that I talked to said she was going to do a kindergarten, first grade class on money. She knows that's something her daughter's in kindergarten, that's something she's going to need to cover that year. So she's going to do money. So for five weeks, they're going to do a whole bunch of money activities Hmm. for one of their classes. And then um, another class might be some sort of music class or an art class or um, for the older kids. They might be more academic. It might be a little writing mini unit. Maybe they're going to write a fairy tale. And so they'll sort of go through the steps of that. Um so they're just sort of little like micro classes and then normally I think they all eat lunch together and have some social time but due to covid they can't so I think they go to a park and eat lunch and play at the park after those classes are over.
0: Okay that sounds really interesting and could you I mean are you are you willing to share how much like something like that costs or just for listeners I
1: think that varies widely um <laughs> You know, based on on whoever's organizing it and um, what they're doing this one, I think it was like two hundred something if you taught the five classes for a whole family with three kids it it they had a rolling scale based on how many kids there were also. but I think I had a choice of like two fifty or four fifty depending on whether I was going to teach one class or five.
0: Is that a per so, month I mean, that's a per month or per semester? No, no
1: per year. For the oh, wow. year. well
0: that's so I mean, that is basically Sounds like a steal.
1: All, all it is it nobody's really making money that's covering the insurance and the rental of the facility that we're okay. going to use and um supplies so like if someone's going to do a novel study they'll buy the book for all of the kids that are in that class okay. um some people do co-ops you know just out of their home so maybe right. it's only one or two other families and maybe they're going to get together and do blossom and root third grade science together
0: is there um, anything, anything special you have to do with the state regarding the co-op or is this just tack? is it an addition to what you're currently doing? In it's an office.
1: addition to what okay. we're currently doing, but I think people will, it, it would still count. So if you mm-hmm. were reviewing with the county and you were showing what you did and you were saying, I provided math instruction, mm-hmm. um, you might show, you know, the project that they did with money in the co-op versus a worksheet
0: page that you did at home. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, well, I think we'll, we'll close it out here with a, maybe a final question. Um, you know, do you have any recommendations you can pass on to, you know, a parent who might be starting today? You know, and they've got a four year old and maybe they have twins as well <laughs> and uh you know what what type of wisdom you know over the last year that you've been doing this, and then obviously your your experience of teaching for ten years beyond that um what 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 kind of advice and wisdom uh can you give
1: sure, so I would say um you know it's so easy to get overwhelmed with everything that's out there, all of the choices that you have. So if you're just starting out with a younger student, preschool, pre-K, kindergarten, use this time to see what works for your family in terms of homeschool. You might do some research and decide that you really like the look of a Charlotte Mason homeschool or a classical homeschool. Don't feel like you have to commit to that till you see what works in practice for your family. Um, because one of the great things about homeschool is that freedom that it offers you. So you know, take advantage of that and don't let yourself be confined by some sort of ideal or like a way that you think it should be because you follow a bunch of homeschool accounts on Instagram and that's what they do.
0: (gasps) I but make sure, really make sure make sure you follow to get... Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so hard, right? So I f- feel like it's like, you know, are keeping up with the Joneses is digital now. Oh yeah. Um and you know, you look at some of the stuff and it's, it's nice. like, oh my gosh, I, I I'm not doing that. Um <laughs> it can be discouraging, I think.
1: Right. I like to try to remember just Use it as inspiration and ideas, but not like the be all end all of this is what it should be. And this is what it should look like because everybody's family is different. Everybody's homeschool is different. Everybody's circumstances are different. And then the other thing that I would say for new homeschoolers is just be flexible with your days. It's great to have a plan. I always have a plan, but I always know that my plan is probably not going to happen the way that I'm imagining it. So, like, be prepared, but, but be ready to kind of roll with the way it's going. We If if you have a, an art project planned, this 30-minute art project, and you're like, yes, we're going to do it before lunch. And then your twins figure out how to unscrew the tops on all your paint bottles. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, you have to clean a giant mess up. Ask me how I... <laughs> out of that one um you know and now you have 10 minutes instead swap something in oh I had a 10 minute science thing that I was going to show him tomorrow I'm just going to do that now and the art thing can wait till tomorrow or like maybe we'll just have to table that and for the weekend or next week or maybe we're not going to do it and that's going to be okay too
0: I think that's just fantastic advice. I I really appreciate you um, spending the time with us and sharing your story. I think yeah. I think a lot of uh, new homeschoolers can feel like they got a lot out of what you're what you've been able to do this year, and the confidence to go forward. I think this has just been wonderful.
2: Well, thanks so much, Sarah, for coming on the show today. And if folks want to follow your family's homeschooling journey, um, where can they find you?
1: Sure. So um, I'm on Instagram. We're at our little homeschool, but it's actually underscore our little homeschool underscore. Um, that's what was available. and yeah, we'll so, we'll yeah. put
2: a link in the show notes so <laughs> okay, that everyone great. can click on it and and check it out. We'd love to follow your journey and any other um, uh, wild and crazy adventures with toddlers. Uh, ours today decided to get into the apple, the apple bag, and decided to take one bite out of all the apples.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, we've been there too. <laughs>
2: A line of six apples with one toddler bite out of each one so we have a lot of apple slices
0: <laughs> i told I found matthew some gum it's,
1: today i found a <laughs> of gum wrappers and then a giant lot of them in my son's mouth so yeah
0: I, I i was upstairs but did i hear our oldest yelling about there was poop on the floor <laughs>
2: Yeah, but that was the dog.
0: Oh, but that was the dog. The dog
2: carried (laughs) the dog carried in some poop, right? But of course,
0: look at that face. Oh,
2: yeah, she's looking at us, right? (laughs) But of course, the the older is yelling about the poop, right, to get my attention, and the toddler thinks, "Oh, there's poop, right?" She's really interested, and (laughs) it was chaos. Our our toddler did a pull up onto the bathroom sink earlier this morning. I found her sitting in your your sink, Matt, and trying to eat um, a cologne.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. okay so mine you know but we'll and then she took a bite out of my then, soap
1: yeah mine get the electric toothbrush my husband's electric Ooh, toothbrush yes, that's a really yes. fun one mm.
0: so 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 listeners you these are things you will be following on sarah's instagram <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: come see our crazy days come
0: see <laughs> thank you so much for uh, spending the time with us today
1: thank you
2: thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time.
1: Happy homeschooling.